You are listening to the Most Ordinary China, the podcast for you to learn more about China. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Most Ordinary China. I'm your host Mina. Yesterday was July first. It's a normal Friday for most of you guys, but for our Chinese, it's the twenty-fifth anniversary of the Hong Kong handover. Yes, twenty-five years ago yesterday, Hong Kong returned to China. So there's no doubt that today's topic is about Hong Kong, and we're very lucky to have a friend Jeremy, who is a native Hong Konger, to join us. So welcome, Jeremy. Hello, Mina. You are the first guest on the Most Ordinary China. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Jeremy, how about starting by giving an introduction about yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy. I'm a climate scientist, now working and living in Guangzhou. I'm from Hong Kong, and I first moved to Beijing for a PhD degree from 2014 to 2019. And after that, I moved to Guangzhou for my postdoc position. So, it has it has been my eighth year living in mainland China so far. Thanks, Jeremy. I noticed that most of the time when Hong Kong people introduce themselves, they tend to say "I'm from Hong Kong" or "I'm a Hong Konger" rather than "I'm from China" or "I'm Chinese." Do you think there is a particular reason for that? Hmm. I know the point you are trying to say, but um, for me, it is only about convenience when I say I'm from Hong Kong. Uh, when introducing myself, um, you know, normally when you say you are from China or you are Chinese, um, people tend to ask you, oh, which part of China? Um, but if I say directly, I'm from Hong Kong. Then, uh, they will be all clear. So, um, yeah, you know, for me, it is really a matter of convenience. Okay, but on internet or in press, it's also common to see that when some people say they're from Hong Kong, what they are trying to express is, "I'm from Hong Kong, not China." Yeah, but. Um, as far as I'm concerned, for most people, for most Hong Kong people, or my friends, or my, uh, family, uh, even if they say they are from Hong Kong, they do not mean that they are not from China. It is just so natural for us. We just unconsciously blurt out, um, yeah. But to be honest, uh, there really are some people who are exactly what. You say they are, then in that case, that's just different. Uh, it's no longer a matter of convenience or natural behavior, but a sense of identity. Uh, however, they are not the majority. I would say. Okay, that's quite out of my expectation. Do you still remember the day when Hong Kong returned to China, and what does that mean to you? No, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, I can barely remember that day,、uh, but I sort of have an impression that my family were together watching the handover ceremony on TV.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I was only six, and I had no idea what Hong Kong's return to motherland meant meant to me. I just 
knew I consequently got an additional public holiday. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's only later that I got to know the complicated feeling that many Hong Kong people held during that time. Uh, like uh, maybe they were worried about the future or mm-hmm. panic about uh, the uncertainty after the handover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Also, the handover meant we have to apply for a new passport. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same here. I can only vaguely remember that. So I was only four year old in July nineteen ninety seven, and all I could remember was that the kindergarten I attended gave each of us a badge with a bohemia on it. So. Bohemia is a kind of flower, and it's the regional emblem of Hong Kong.、Yeah. You can easily find it on Hong Kong's regional flag. Okay, back to our topic. What's your impression of mainland China before and after the handover? Hmm, I had only very little memory about mainland China before the handover,、mm-hmm. as I was only six years old at that time. Unless I knew that my mom's hometown is in Chaozhou,、mm-hmm. the eastern part of Guangdong Province, and、uh, I went back there for several times with my family.、Mm-hmm. Mm, and since I can remember things properly,、mm, well, to be honest, I think mainland China are kind of、um, dirty, <laughs> messy, and dangerous <laughs> and backward. Yeah,、mm-hmm. uh, I remember that. Um, it's pretty common for us. I mean, for Hong Kong people to see news reporting Hong Kong children missing in mainland China. Ah,、oh. uh, and I remember when I first went across the border to meet my dad in Shenzhen、mm-hmm. on my own. I was so scared that time. <laughs> yeah, although I knew that my dad was already waiting for me there. Um, however, it impressed me when I went to Beijing for study in twenty fourteen.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember、um, when I got out of the Beijing train station.、Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first arrived, I had to take a taxi to school, and I was so nervous and almost incoherent when I. Talk to the taxi driver because <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I yeah I can only speak my Mandarin is not very good and I can only speak a、uh, very few words like ni hao yeah. yeah like ni hao xie xie yeah、mm-hmm. and yeah so uh yeah I I was so nervous uh that time but uh the taxi driver uh were I、uh, was very kind and patient and. Asking me where I wanted to go and um telling me uh many things about Beijing, and that kind of changed my impression of mainland China. Wow, sorry to interrupt you, but you made me so curious, and I have to ask.、Mm-hmm. You came to Beijing, but only understood a few words in Mandarin.、Mm-hmm. How did you manage with your classes and even your life? Uh huh. Um, for classes. Um, you know some some professors may speak Mandarin with accents, and uh, which may not be a big problem to local Chinese students, uh, but for me, I 
I was like listening to an alien language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, if a professor's accent makes me feel difficult to understand, or, uh, if I feel, uh, hard to follow the lecture, then I normally would go to the library、mm-hmm. and borrow some English textbooks. Which is related to that subject, and I learned by myself. <laughs>、mm, yeah. Um. However, um. Some some of the professors are very nice, and they may come to me specifically after the class because they they know I'm from Hong Kong, and they they will ask me if I was able to follow the lecture. So, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for study. But how about other parts of your life? Yeah, um, I did struggle with that for a period of time because it's even a challenge for me to order food in school's canteen <laughs> at the very beginning when I first、uh, went to Beijing. Okay.、Um, yeah, I guess it took me for like almost two years to fully understand Mandarin. And feel confident to get around, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's such a comfort that the people there were all very kind, very nice, and patient all the time, helping me when I had、um, any kind of difficulty,、uh, especially when I had difficulty in expressing myself in Mandarin. It sounds like you have gone through a lot to living in mainland China. So, how did you make up your mind to move to Beijing for study? And have you ever thought that you will study or live in mainland China one day? I think it's too much to say. I make up my mind to study in Beijing because, um, for me, I. Didn't have many scruples for coming to Beijing,、mm. uh, as it happened quite naturally. At that time, I was about to graduate from university in Hong Kong,、mm. and I was very sure that I didn't want to work. Instead, I want to continue my studies, especially in the field of scientific research. Okay.、Yeah. Mm, but、um, I was not sure whether my GPA. Uh, was competitive enough because yeah, my GPA is not that good. That so, high. Yeah, not that high to apply for other like uh very well known universities. Yeah, and also another reason is that um <laughs> I was too lazy to go through all the tedious process of post grad application. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, so. Um, in twenty twelve, uh, when I was year three、mm-hmm. in 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 my undergraduate、yeah. degree, and I went to exchange at PKU、mm-hmm. in Beijing, and I joined a research group there. Then, uh, the professor asked me if、mm-hmm. I would like to be a PhD candidate.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that time I did not think much and just. Uh, accepted his offer about about like two weeks of consideration. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and and you asked me why I have been stayed here for eight years, right?、Mm. Yeah. So, um, um, I have been in Beijing, uh, for my PhD degree for five years,、mm. and 
and when I first went to Beijing, uh, I met a girlfriend there. <laughs> then, uh, because she lives here, uh, lives in China, so I decided to stay here after graduation. How lovely! As a Hong Konger, do you think life is becoming more and more convenient for you compared to when you first came to Beijing in two thousand fourteen? Yeah, of course. Um, when I first came to Beijing in, uh, twenty fourteen, there were loads of inconvenient stuff for me, uh, and also other Hong Kong people. For example, um. If you want to take trains, um, local Chinese like you can get on the train easily by swiping your ID card. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, for us, uh, for me, I have to arrive at the train station way earlier because I have to collect my train ticket at the manual counters.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have to line up and wait uh, until I can get the train ticket and get on the train. Yeah, it was only until like. Around uh twenty eighteen,、mm-hmm. when the Chinese government introduced the residential card for Hong Kong and Macau people, that I can take trains just swiping that card, like like you, like other local Chinese do.、Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Also, um, like uh, staying in certain hotels used to be a headache for me as well. Um, as some of the hotels are exclusive to only mainland Chinese, and yeah, but this also this also, uh, got solved with that residential card, and I can now stay at any hotel I like. I'm glad to hear that life is getting easier for you. Based on your own experiences, what do you think is the biggest difference among Hong Kongers and mainland Chinese? I think the largest difference is that, um, for me, it seems to me that um most Hong Kongers tend to abide by a default way of city lifestyle.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes we just. Unconsciously keep doing things in a certain way, even if there is no written rules or laws. Um, I mean, we care a lot of personal space. Um, no matter physically or psychologically, especially when you are in such a compact place like Hong Kong. So, so we are concerned. I mean, we are concerned about showing respects and tolerance to others. I guess. This is the biggest contrast, um, of life in mainland China and Hong Kong, to me. I also think so. I kind of have the impression that Hong Kongers are more rule followers compared to mainland Chinese. And what do you think the future holds for Hong Kong? Hmm. I I don't know to be honest, but. Um, I hope Hong Kong will remain the same as it is right now, especially its legal system, uh, public services and environment. Um, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean the social system and legal system in Hong Kong have developed, uh, sound and mature. Um, the Hong Kong government has always been paying to attention to details, such as such as like, 
the management of country parks, um, the design and maintenance of recreational facilities, and the police force is professional. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, these are all assuring measures for each citizen in Hong Kong, creating a comfortable living environment for us. So, yeah, I, so I, I hope these things can be kept in the future. Okay. Uh, and I also hope that there will be some adjustment on the price level, you know, everything in Hong Kong is expensive. Yeah. yeah, and the gap between the rich and the poor is very large. Yeah, I hope this can this can be alleviated as well. Yeah. Um how about you? I know I know that you are also very into Hong Kong. What do you think the future will be like for Hong for Hong Kong? Yeah, I also hope that Hong Kong will remain unchanged for the next 25 years. I feel that if something is not happening in Hong Kong, then it's never going to happen on this planet. I feel like I put myself in the Hong Kong community and there was a strong resonance between us. Actually, I haven't been through any of the previous revolutions or protests but i feel like i've been through all of this with you guys and i see you're struggling you're in pain and i want you to get better but i just don't know how but anyway that's hope a better future for hong kong yeah let's hope for a better future for hong kong so thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. So that's the end of this podcast. And please stay tuned. The next episode is coming soon. Bye-bye.